What's up, everyone? Welcome to Humble Threads B-Sides, a periodical podcast where we deep dive and dig in with the topic we love and are interested in discovering more about. I'm your exhausted, heavy-eyed co-host, David Graves. Yup, and I'm your other co-host, Michael Hart. Uh, Today, oh boy, we just got home from watching Spider-Man No Way Home. And we're here to give you uh, our review and our reactions, kind of break it down um, act by act. Um, and we'll get into it as soon as we get through a quick disclaimer. Uh, so this is just, we're letting you know, we're definitely going to talk spoiler content. Uh, this is your warning for spoiler content. I repeat, this is your last chance to stop the episode. You know, it's all good to come back uh, to this one at a later time once you've seen it. Uh, we have tons of other episodes uh, for our regular show in our catalog here in the feed, so feel free to go uh, get your fill of your humble listening needs over there, and you can come back to this one whenever you feel like it is a good time to hear some spoiler content. You know, once you've seen the movie, maybe you want to come back and just kind of see what we uh, we had to what we had to say about it, and mm-hmm. and uh, see if your opinions match. But without further ado, uh, join us. Sit back, get ready for the hype train that we're going to try to stay alive for because we are very exhausted at this point because uh, the Humble Boys just saw Spider-Man No Way Home and we are about to dive in. Mm. Guys, uh, uh, like like Mike said, we are, we are, we are exhausted from the excitement, um, the emotional roller coaster we've gone through with this movie. Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, 10 out of 10 for me because... Yeah. The nostalgia and just bringing it all together wholeheartedly for us and a lot of the different podcasts I've been listening to explaining certain things and feeling a certain way about certain things. I was like, okay, you know what? Like maybe, maybe this needs to get this together and it'll bring it back full circle because there were some gripes a lot of people had about, um, sorry, piece of hair on my tongue, Tom Hall and Spider-Man in general, um, and how it, how it goes through. But uh, I will say they did it, and and if we want to get right into it here, oh man, the first act, whew, it was was really good. Um, I will say I definitely learned that I do still don't like movie theaters. Um, we had people behind us that were talking obnoxiously and and doing like great. Granted, we were all excited and etc., but these people were just talking like Jesus. And we were missing yeah. some of the points and everything. And then I love the movies because the energy we get and everyone's excited. But at the same time, I feel like we're missing some stuff um, yeah. that people are saying and et cetera. Mike, I, I don't know about you. Yeah, but- right. So before before we jump directly into the first act, I want to agree that like this is my this is my second uh, movie theater experience since COVID. Um, but the first like big premiere, like packed house. Like, I went to a show a little while ago when we went to go see the uh, My Hero Academia movie, and it was an empty theater. No one one was at that one. So, like, this was the first time where you're sitting next to people. There's people in front of you, behind you, everywhere around you. You can hear, like, people munching on popcorn. Uh, But, yeah, we did, unfortunately, have a a group of uh, younger younger people uh, just behind us that felt like they needed to commentate on everything. Everything. To be fair, like, they did kind of quiet down once the movie started. But they were very loud, like just everything leading up to like they they were like guessing like what this mm-hmm. movie preview is yeah. for or what this ad is for. And Someone told him to shush. That was funny. Yeah, just, Did you hear that? Yeah, just a Dude. lot of ex- extra banter that really wasn't needed. Someone was like kicking the back of my chair the entire I saw time. That. I was about to get up. Which 
which I was getting really annoyed about because they did it the entire time. Like, I, like the, and I thought like maybe the guys got long legs, but I looked behind me and, and they were just they were just slouching in their chairs, putting their feet against my chair. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, like, I, you're right. Like, I don't think I like movie theaters either anymore. Like, when you're a kid, they're kind of magical, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up, just knowing that, like, other people should just be able to mind their business because, you know, everyone in this theater is paid to be here and we're trying to experience something together. Mm-hmm. Just just sit down, eat your popcorn, and shut up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're all here to have a good time. Um, but like I said, they, they definitely quieted down once the show got started, uh, once the movie kicked into gear. Um, and the only other time that we really heard major outcries from the audience was when like really big moments hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like let's so let's just dive right in. Um, so obviously this is the third installment of the Tom Holland Spider-Man saga, um, and if you are familiar with the the most the one before this one, which was Far From Home, um, Spider-Man with Mysterio. Uh, it, it, bl- it blends right into this one because it starts right with J. Jonah Jameson of the Daily Bugle um, fully uh, releasing a video of Mysterio right before he died who is completely outing uh, Peter Parker and is Spider-Man and they end up putting a giant picture. This was in the trailer, so, we, so you kind of get this part mm-hmm. so far. Um, so it's currently not spoiler content just yet, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, and, you know, we're dealing with Spider-Man's sudden identity released to the public. And, you know, everything begins to fall apart. Um, you know, it, we've heard, we've, we've heard J. Jonah Jameson call Spider-Man in the other, uh, Spider-Verses, um, public enemy number one. Uh, but this really hits home. Um. Yeah, especially with this uh, type of era. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot more now. Like everyone's on cell phones. You know, there's a lot of like cell phone usage in, mm-hmm. in in this movie, kind of like, you know, really pandering to like the TikTok era of cell phone usage. Um and, you know, just now everybody knows. You can't hide, right? There's and early on he even says, you know, I'm the most I'm the most famous person in the world right now. And, you know, it's just not a good spot. Um but David, like, why don't you pick up from here and uh, and talk a little bit more yeah. about what's going on? Yeah, so we're going to be breaking this down by acts, guys. Um, we're talking about the first act right now, um, most importantly. And I I definitely, it, it I kind of liked how seamlessly it picked up. Like, I, I feel like these movies aren't on Disney+, Plus, unfortunately, due to uh, Sony Sorry. having the rights. I believe they're on um, Amazon Prime, I believe. You can watch a lot of them. But I like how if I were to watch these movies back to back, it seems like they just go like seamlessly together. So like yeah. immediately right after the second one, it picks up right here. We're still in the same part of like Times Square where Peter, Peter pretty much says like, holy and about to curse. But um, he quickly clears himself. Uh, I, I did like the fact that they went with the some people are do like him. Some people don't like him when he hops down to come get MJ. That was really funny. Some people were excited, like, oh, you're really him? Like, blah, blah, And then there's some people who were trying to, you know, attack him and et cetera. Um, and like Mike said, when we got to the point where he was like, I'm the most famous person in the world. And they showed a slight progression with J. Jonah Jameson where he was in his house with a green screen, which you can do anything with a green screen now, which is hilarious. Look at Dr. Disrespect as number one of those people. Um, and then eventually it seems like he gets a deal and he goes into like a real news station and they pick him up because of all the gloves that Spider-Man has. Um, so you could say without this happening, he would still be in his uh, boxers, um, yeah. as himself. But um, 
the I guess the first shocking thing um, that we could get into when this gets released, um, everyone's getting arrested. Uh, I don't know if it was the what is it was it the it wasn't the FBI it was it the DOA, yeah, or yep. something like that. Yeah, the DOA or whoever comes to arrest them um, right from their house because Peter's swinging to get away. They're in the house. We find out that Happy and Aunt May broke up, which is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> He's just sitting at the door groveling. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. So we start to get them arrested, and they all start talking about certain things, which was pretty cool. How did you feel about like that interrogation scene, and like him get and them coming to come get them? Like, because I felt like that was that was like the funny lightheartedness. Like they didn't go too serious with it. They kind of like made it like a I would say like a funny crime show. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They did because it obviously was important, but it wasn't Mm going to be like the the whole movie. And they had to kind of work through it quickly, talk to, you know, MJ, Ned, uh, Aunt May, and uh, Peter. So to, to kind of get get it, get just get through that part, mm-hmm. um, you know, good cop, bad cop kind of stuff. And, of course, Ned immediately spills the beans. And, that was and, hilarious. Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm not going to talk to you. And he's like, oh, so, you know, you, you, you don't want to take any credit for this or anything like that. And he starts, mm-hmm. like, overly taking credit for how much he's helped and been an accomplice. Um, you know, they try to get Aunt May try, uh, saying that he was like she was like harboring like a criminal or something like that, a child yeah, endangerment May. or something. Yeah, like that child, saying, which child, is kind of yeah, messed right. up. But yeah, right. Um, so, but th- but then this leads to because they all say you know we want a lawyer, we want a lawyer, we want a lawyer, and you know so this brings us to the first like big reveal um, where we're seeing multiple universes, multiple iterations of a Marvel world collide. And they it, it, it they finally all get released, I guess, from the police station, and they're sitting around Aunt May's kitchen table. And mm-hmm. who's there? The none, none other than Matt Murdock, um, Daredevil himself. And it was so fun to see uh, that quick scene there because, uh, you know, he basically explains to to Peter that you know they don't have a case against you. Everything's gonna get thrown out. You'll be just fine. But then looks over to Happy, who is. Uh, obviously uh, a, a past employee of Stark Enterprises and says, no, you're going to need a really good lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, he, uh, I think they, they, they were searching for like missing uh, Stark, Stark Enterprise Tech, yeah. um, equipment and uh, because everything at Stark got seized because those were the drones that did the damage in uh, the previous movie. But there's a, there's a, there's a quick moment where a brick comes flying through the window and just just like he should uh matt murdoch daredevil uh who you know peter parker doesn't know is daredevil in this scene um but he just quickly like without like with a spidey reflex almost just grabs the brick right as it's flying towards peter um peter reads the brick and it says you know we believe mysterio and he's like he just looks at matt and he's like how did you like how did you do that like questioning him right um I thought yeah. that was a really brilliant scene. And, of course, the audience seeing Matt Murdock from the Netflix series Daredevil. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. It's amazing. Uh, just erupts. But what's amazing about that, just to kind of talk about Matt Murdock for a minute, that means everything that happened in the Matt Murdock Daredevil Netflix series is canon. Uh, it means it all exists. It means Kingpin's real. It means, like, everyone from that universe um, is actually in mm-hmm. tom holland's peter parker spider-man's universe and that's super exciting 
Yeah, it's uh man. I right when they showed Matt and the like Mike said that he looked at him like, "How did you do that?" Like, what did, he was like, "I'm just a really good lawyer." And I just started dying. I was like, oh, my God. But uh, yeah, for people who don't know, you should know by now, Daredevil is blind. So on top of that, um, that was a very shocking thing. But um, I'm really trying to see where uh, this this movie raised good questions and good confusion to me. Because I'm really trying to see where this fits in at. Because in the comics, um, Matt Murdock and She-Hulk, I forget her name. But they have a lawyer firm that defends super people from the, you know, United States and everything else like that. So we do have a She-Hulk show coming up. So I'm starting to wonder, like, maybe they're going to join a firm together. Um, just like Mike said, I'm pretty sure everything that happened in this universe is canon in here. Um, if not, we'll see how they do that. But I really think it is. Uh, but yeah, seeing Matt Murdock was probably the most pleasant thing seeing it. Uh, if you guys haven't watched um hawkeye yet you, if you were to watch the fifth episode you would understand that we knew this was coming uh we'll see we'll see how they feel about all the other netflix people coming over i know they're probably not going to do iron fist if anything they would recast that uh because that show wasn't very well luke cage did pretty good jessica jones did very good so who knows she could be in there um we'll see how this goes forward but i really 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 want to see daredevil rumors are he will be in the she-hulk movie or she-hulk show and he'll be donning his yellow and red costume, if you guys haven't seen that before. Uh, definitely Google that. It looked amazing. Um, and then, of course, we run straight into our problem that's going on here. Peter being outed, of course, affects him, Ned, Aunt May, Mary Jane, Happy. Uh, they're, of course, trying to get to college. So that messes up a lot of different things with them about applying because... Uh, for lack of a better term, I guess I could say they feel like they were aiding and abetting a criminal. Um, so a lot of people had, you know, sour taste in their mouth about that. So of course they didn't get into their top college, which was MIT. Um, so Peter, of course, takes it in his own hands and he goes to who else but Dr. Strange. Um, they, I will say Marvel, and I, I, I will say Marvel's so good at it now that we're kind of picking up on it. That trailer was flooded with fake content flooded so with much, fake content. so much fake content extra things that just didn't happen in no. the actual movie no. and of course things edited out yeah uh, dr strange was not saying oh yeah i'll help you peter like let's go do it like in the trailer he was saying like yeah let's go do it why not like we could do this blah, blah, blah. dr strange was very weary of doing this at first very concerned of doing this at first the only reason why he decided to do it because of them saving the universe and he felt like Peter has been through enough. Like, I, I need to help him and do something for him. Um, and even, I think even in one of the trailers, Wong was saying, don't cast that spell, blah, blah. He didn't say that. He just said, I don't want to be a part of this, pretty much, and left. Right. Um, yeah. Even crazier part that he's not the sorcerer. Doctor Strange is not the sorcerer for Cream anymore. Wong is. Which right. is very interesting. Uh, if you guys have seen Shang-Chi, um, which this was in the uh, movie, and this was in the trailer. Him in Abominate, he's training Abomination for something, uh, which is a Hulk villain. Don't know why he's training Abomination. I'm still a little lost on that. Uh, but Mike, how do you feel about us getting right into Doctor Strange and the flooding of fake, fake, fake yeah. trailers? Holy! So, yeah, like every, you could, you could. There was probably a smile on every person's face as soon as they realized that. That, that that part of the trailer was just completely inaccurate and how much Doctor Strange genuinely seemed like he just wanted to help and that the that like the spell really 
on the base level wasn't going to be that crazy because he even mentioned something to Wong like remember that time we did all of this and and we had to use the same spell and he's like no I don't remember he's like exactly mm-hmm. um, it's not that big of a deal we'll 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 take care of it for this um, but of course you know as we saw in the trailer uh, you know Peter starts uh, asking for extra things while the spell is being cast. I think he's. I think he mentions that it, that uh, Doctor Strange says you asked for six different things mm-hmm. um, during the spell, which caused the spell to um, basically uh, become unstable, and uh, to the point where Strange has to like seal it inside this um, special de- like box device, which we see in the trailer again. Yeah, there's a name for it, but it's like the Komoku something. But we're not gonna. I'm not gonna say yeah. it, nor are we gonna pronounce it. But yeah. no, it doesn't matter. Um, and and everything kind of like like suddenly like explodes and then mm-hmm. you know comes together again and seemingly everything seems kind of all right, um, but but <laughs> almost immediately afterwards, uh, Strange is like, so you didn't like at least call the the schools and like plead your case to, as to why you should actually go. And Peter, being the naive kid he is, he's like, oh, I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think I could call a college and and convince them to let me in. Um, let's try that. Meanwhile, the spell's already kind of gone awry and is currently being contained in the cube. Uh, you know, and this this will lead us going quickly into the second act, but he basically calls up his friend Flash. He's already at an MIT, like, gathering and asks if, if anyone important's there that he could talk to. Um, and he finds out that the, the person that would have needed to be talked to is currently on their way uh, to the airport. To which uh, Peter then quickly dresses in a suit and tries to go find her in the car. But this is where we're going. It's going to lead us directly into the second act, uh, and we're and we're just going to keep steamrolling this one because, as Oof. you saw in the trailers, the uh, the scene on this on the highway where the uh, where he's on the car in the suit suddenly, and uh, we see the uh, suddenly a bunch of cars start exploding and and just like moving. And of course, uh, Doc Ock, uh, Octavius shows up and starts immediately targeting Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Tom Holland, um, and just really start causing havoc. Like, and this is the Doc Ock where you know his little chip in his neck is is broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, somehow not dead from his previous uh, universe. And it does explain that a little bit later on. Uh, and you know, he ends up having to save the college representative uh who's like falling in a car somewhere and and of course uh doc eventually pins peter to the point where he uh, gets to demask him and finds out that you're not my peter Mm -hmm. you know that that's from the trailers and everything like that um but that's also when we discover that uh peter's suit which has the nanotechnology climbs all over doc ox uh uh, multi arms, and Peter's able to actually take control through like a Bluetooth almost. It's like new yeah. device, att- like found, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a little, uh, a little bit of a joke there. Um, but then we have another guy jump in. Uh, David, take it away. Yeah, um, like Mike said, that was pretty crazy. Um, I will say one of those parts in there was pretty funny when Peter's arms come out um, from his suit. And then Doc's like, I guess we have some competition. I will say they stepped up the fighting sequences. Um, I feel like in this movie a lot. If you've watched like the two, I think the best fighting was Toby, not Toby, um, Andrew Garfield, 
because his was more i would say like spider-like when like when he fought the lizard he was climbing all over the lizard like putting him in a spider cocoon and the way he fought was very spider-like um i will say he fought like that in this movie especially with the arms going against dr octopus but um like mike said that he takes over his arms which was funny i did not think that's where it was gonna go i thought that dr octopus was just gonna get a, a power up pretty much um and start ripping peter apart but he eventually uses Dr. Octopus to save the principal and bring the thing up on there, which another hilarious part came in. She said, Peter, I'll talk to the people. I'll see if I can get you and your friends in. And she gets up and starts talking to Dr. Octopus saying, that wasn't cool. Like, I don't even know who you are. And I was just dying. <laughs> I was dying. But She like goes to like hit him with her like purse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, and it was funny. So he wraps up Doc. And then, of course, we hear the famous bomb dropping onto the bridge. The ting, ting, ting. And the... Uh, noticeable laugh that everyone knows from Peter uh, William Defoe, the, um, the Green Goblin. And right when we were like, oh, we're about to get into another battle. I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. I thought he was going to use Dr. Octopus's arms to help fight him. Uh, no. Immediately we see Dr. Strange's portal come up. He drags Peter through um, and lets him know, like, hey, this spell got even crazier than we thought it got. Um, so people are coming through. We immediately see the lizard, uh, which was in the trailer, which was pretty cool, which was another Doctor trailer. We thought he was in, they showed him in a cage where his arm came through and tried to grab Peter. He was in a uh, cage, but it had a force field. He could not get out of it. So that's another doctor thing they did. Kind of crazy that they got a lot of money to doctor these trailers, but um, was really cool. We got to see that. Um, and then, of course, he captures uh, Dr. Octopus and we find out some more information. Um, Doc Ock is still off his rocker, but he's still uh, willing enough to disclose some information to Dr. Strange about himself and obviously he doesn't know who this peter is because his peter is a completely different person but where that's swinging us fully fully into act two where it's pretty much um for lack of a better term they said in the movie so i'm gonna say it here that's pretty much us getting into let's scooby-doo this shit mike take it away let us know what happened yeah so like now like now that they realize that there's gonna be more villains coming through um uh, basically ned and mj set up kind of like a home base in the undercroft of of uh dr strange's house uh where they are currently keeping um what lizard and lizard and doc, um, and, doc right and they're looking online just for anything like anyone's like again they're utilizing the internet to try to find someone who's who's mentioned something or or a news report uh they find out that there's been somebody that's been uh, you know, messing around near a military base, specifically around like a bunch of electrical wiring, and they initially think it could be the Green Goblin type guy, uh, you know, uh, Norman Osborn. But uh, when he, when he gets out there, uh, it finds out that it's the it's the uh, Jamie Fox villain Electro, mm -hmm. uh, completely powering up uh, over the uh, power lines, and also we see Sandman make an appearance. But what's awesome in this moment. Is Sandman goes, wait, you know, uh, he, like he, he speaks to Peter because Peter, um, Peter Parker in that universe actually kind of helps out Sandman a little bit so that Sandman ends up helping, uh, helping him fight uh, at the end of that movie, I believe. If yeah. I have my memory, my memory is correct. Yep. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, I can hold him down. Like I can, I can, you know, you got to do something, but I can hold him down because he realizes that Electro is kind of like out of control trying to cause uh, some, uh, some kind of havoc. And together, they basically are able to uh, sub uh, subdue Electro by cutting all of the power lines using 
uh, Doctor Strange's weird like grappling hook portal thing on his wrist to get him sent to a uh, like a special magic prison, mm-hmm. but not before accidentally uh, hitting a tree and sending a tree back uh, to <laughs> to the to the place. Um, but either even though that Sandman helped capture Electro, he's still kind of like I don't you know what is this? I don't I don't I don't think I trust you. I don't trust anybody. And yeah. uh, and that, kind of goes goes to like you know go after Peter. Yeah, that part kind of. I mean, like it's it's a movie, so the the, the pacing and everything has to keep. But that that part kind of got to me a little bit, where I was like, I understand like he doesn't trust everyone, but at the end of uh, Spider Man Three, he he's Sandman's really not a bad guy. He's honestly just trying to go see his daughter, um, yeah. and get himself together. Uh, and either, yeah, either get the money to try and help fix himself or get himself back to normal. So, I mean, I, I get in this in the, in that part of the scene where Peter hits uh, Electro, which Jamie Foxx fully appears as himself. I guess he juices himself up enough because our Earth is has more power than the Amazing Spider-Man's planet or Earth or whatever. So he becomes uh, fully, you know, physical and everything else like that. And Peter hits him. And then that's when Sandman's like, oh, I, like, did you kill him? Like, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 I didn't kill him, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, I don't trust you and everything else like that. And I was like, eh, that's kind of weird, but we'll roll with it. Um, yeah. But it, it makes sense for his character because he trusts no one, especially how he was done um, in the other movies. But it was it was really good to see. I didn't think we were going to get the actor who played Sandman. Um, I thought mm. they were just going to try and make him like just sand and everything. But I'm glad that we got to see him, too. That was very enjoyable. But um, yeah, and that's where we also found out that we've been wondering what the heck this suit's about. Like, what is up with this black suit? But apparently Peter got a balloon with green paint thrown at him um, for the Mysterio people. And he turns his suit inside out, which was very interesting. Um, And and that's where we get this black suit. A lot of people thought it was a mystic suit, but it was only the gauntlet, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you could see like the the, The the stark, stark tech special wiring on the inside. Um, you it, it looks pretty sweet. I definitely think there's gonna be people cosplaying it. Mm-hmm. Um, looks really good. So they so eventually they they get all of the this this I guess central crew of villains back to the Undercroft, all put in jail cells more or less. Doctor Strange shows up and kind of uh just proclaims that you know like these guys are not meant to be here. We have to send them back to their realities. And it's and it's then that we kind of realize that. Because of uh, what Doctor Ox says about uh, about Green Goblin, about how because you know, that's the last uh, villain that needs to be picked up, you know, he explains that you know he's been dead for a long time, and you're chasing a ghost um, if he's if he's here, and uh, they all kind of realize like how they got there. They're like, oh, I was fighting Spider-Man in my world, and and I was about to explode, or I was about to do this, or I was about to you know I had him or whatever. And now I'm here, right? So now we understand that the point in time during the timelines that were like fractured to bring them here was mm-hmm. right at like the like the ultimate moment of those of those previous fights in those universes. So they didn't get to they, so in as far as they're concerned, those the, their deaths never actually took place because because this this like nexus event or whatever happened uh just before i guess they were supposed to die um and and when and like and so like norman uh they we get we get a call i guess from aunt may 
saying that she uh, she has I think she has one of the one of the villains that maybe came through mm-hmm. and as we know of Norman Osborn he he's not always a hundred percent Green Goblin he, he he's kind of like a schizophrenic yeah, multiple personality kind of c- scenario Jackal Mister Hyde thing going on yeah absolutely and in the moment that we see him he's he's like fighting against the 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 voice in his head of the Green Goblin and he actually smashes the Green Goblin helmet and he like hides his uh, his glider and ends up in at Aunt May's um, uh, food shelter where she's, you know, sitting down with him, having a chat. He's kind of very confused. He doesn't know where he is. He's the normal Osborne um, type uh, version of himself mm-hmm. and uh, basically just needing help. Uh, Aunt May kind of at that point convinces uh, Peter that, you know, maybe we should be trying to help these people versus just sending them back. Uh, Peter tries to, you know, say like, no, that's not my responsibility. Um, and then of course, Aunt May has some kind of words of wisdom that, mm-hmm. you know, everyone deserves to be helped or whatever. And that kind of changes a, a big vibe of the, of the show, uh, which honestly sets up the, 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 the rising action, if you will, because, um, it's at this point that once uh, Peter brings uh, Osborne back to the Undercroft, uncaptured, just completely ready to go, normal, and uh, and it ends up having to kind of argue a little bit, right, with Doctor Strange about what they should do. Um, Doctor Strange just wants to push the button on, on on the cube and send them all back if he th- if he can do that, but Peter wants to try to cure them, save them, do anything he can to help them, and this defiance of Doctor Strange uh, ends up in a uh, rather epic yeah. uh, I guess mirror dimension fight uh, where Peter's trying to steal the cube that has like the broken spell in it uh, and you know just I don't know uh, what would you think of this whole whole segment like it was we saw a little bit of it on the trailer when mm-hmm. there's like those trains that uh, wrap around Peter and everything like that mm-hmm. uh, but yeah what do you think yeah, I thought it was really cool, especially when uh, I've been listening to like a lot of different podcasts talking about um, Spider-Man. And they pulled three different comics in. I believe it was like Happy Birthday and a bunch of different ones, um, which, uh, you know, you guys can you're more than welcome to look up what, what they pulled from this if you would like to read them, which I strongly encourage. But um, it was kind of cool because a lot of this and I agree with a lot of this was like we could never connect to this Spider-Man. Like, why was this Spider-Man Spider-Man? Not for the simple fact that Tony picked him up because he needed him in Civil War. But, like, what happened? Like, did Uncle Ben die? Did this happen? Does, like, what, what's giving him that over-sense of guilt that he needs to start helping and save people? And I think this movie was that movie. Like, we weren't piggybacking off of the Avengers anymore. We weren't doing any of that stuff. When he says, we're sending them back, I don't care. It's their fate. When Doctor Strange is saying that to him, Peter finally realizes, like, hey, I'm here to help you. My aunt May, I mean, she, she just said something to him, like Mike said, something along the lines of that, like, it's our, it's not your responsibility, but it's your responsibility to help people. They're here. We need to help them. Um, so that gives him the oversense of uh, weight that ties into something later on, which I believe is going to help him be Spider-Man more um, as we go for, forward in these show or in these movies. But yeah, that fight was kind of crazy, especially when Strange is throwing portals and everything, and he pushes Peter out of his body, just like he got done from the uh, Ancient One, I believe her name is, in uh, the other Doctor Strange movie, which is hilarious. Doctor Strange is trying to grab the cube, and he's just moving his arm, but he's not in his body. 
Um, so you can see that's his spidey sense or his just natural reaction and reflexes moving. So he's still strong even outside of it. Now, this fight definitely showed that in movie in general, that Peter is more than just Spider-Man. He's also a genius. He's he's a super genius, pretty much. He rivals like Tony, um, and he's up there with uh, Mr. Fantastic. He's usually a part of those conversations when they have to build things, which was cool. I love that Peter part of it because he put him in this mirrored event dimension that he pretty much shit looked at him and was like, oh, this is geometry, which he quickly overpowers Doctor Strange and leaves him there. Uh, which honestly, that was one of my favorite scenes. Just seeing that whole thing, uh, definitely. <laughs> just definitely unfold and get back and say, you know what? I have the cube. He's going to be in there. Let's figure this out. Let's save these people. Um, which, you know, made me realize that, all right, we're starting to get that Peter who understands the morality of what he needs to do as a superhero. And he's more than just uh, this kid who got bit by Spider-Man. So I thought that was really cool. Dude, for sure. So, yeah. So obviously he gets back the cube, leaving uh, Doctor Strange in the mirror universe kind of all strung up uh, you know um, kind of like almost crucified a little bit by, mm-hmm. by uh, spider webs uh, and they get back to the Undercroft and basically release all of the villains with the promise right that hey if I send if you go back you're all gonna die let me let me try to save you or, or at least help you um, and I they pretty much all decide that you know w- there's there's no other option. We at least can, we can we can try to do this. Of course, Sandman's like I still don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, very very much his his mo during the whole film. Uh, but they end up over at at uh, Happy's apartment, uh, which is where the uh, the gang originally showed up to kind of as their safe house. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after um, Aunt May's place got raided, um, or and stuff like that. And they and uh, Peter actually knows that Happy has a Stark Enterprise. Uh, I forget what they called it, but yeah, it's it kind of like, like a like a 3D printing. Pretty much, it's a machine that builds everything in one. It's what Peter used to make his suit um, when he was versing uh, Mysterio because his suit got messed up. So he was in there building it, and they do the homage to Tony when he's building his glove and he brings his. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they, they call it a fabricator, basically, fabricator, and, yeah, and, yeah. It, and it and it can basically create anything as long as you have like inputs to to you know put into it. And uh, so Peter's able to first create, to recreate the little microchip that's broken on the back of Doc Ock's spider suit or octopus suit or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, is able to reattach it to where the broken chip was, basically freeing um, Dr. Octavius from the clutches of the suit that he's in. So he, he regains sanity. He's no longer vicious or, or wants to do harm to anyone. And he actually says, you know, thank you so much, Peter. Like, the voices are gone. Um, everything is good. Kind of giving the rest of the other villains in the room, like, hey, this can work. Like, we can be okay. Like, th- there is some kind of way to save us. Um, oh, and, yeah, it, 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 it pops off, though, real bad. You know, he creates, like, a almost like a, an alternative to the Iron Man uh, reactor, sort of, for Electro. And the idea is that it's going to, like, take in his energy um, to kind of, like, calm him down so he's not, like, always, like, going supercharged. He, he's very hesitant. Like, he doesn't like it because, like he said earlier in the film, like, he really enjoys the power, the electricity or whatever that, that's on this version of, of the Earth that he's now on. And he kind of just wants more and feels like this might be kind of like a harness to, like, stop him, kind of 
Uh, he even calls Doc Ock like a, a lap dog or something for mm-hmm. for uh, chilling out so easily. Um, and then while that's happening, they're also finally working on a um, like a cure for Green, the, uh, Green Goblin, um, Norman Osborn. And, it, and this is where it breaks bad. Hits because, the fan. Hits the fan. Yeah, because, oh, you know, there's, there's no guarantee that uh, Norman's ever going to stay sane because he's constantly fighting with Green Goblin inside of his head. Um, obviously, suddenly, the, you know, uh, Peter's spidey senses start tingling. Mm-hmm. Something's not right and quickly stops uh, Norman from doing something yeah. and realizes that he's no longer talking to Norman. He's talking to Green Goblin. And cool man, scene. Coolest scene. Like I, I was sitting there, like maybe Peter is getting overwhelmed with all these villains around, and maybe that's what's happening, and um, he might snap and go off on somebody. But you, throughout the beginning of the movie, you kind of saw, you definitely saw the real Osborn talking, and then at one point in the of the cages, he knew the other Osborn was coming out, pretty much saying like, "Oh yeah, let's let him help us and get out of here." Like you've seen what I can do, blah blah. And Willem Dafoe is the best actor because he. Flips that switch so good that you see it visually, verbally, you feel it. Um, yeah. So once that happens, man, I was sitting there like Peter's feeling it, but we all know what's about to happen. Uh, Osborne's about to flip. And like Mike said, he flipped in. <sighs> so we're all heck breaks loose. Um, this this kind of leads us into the the big unveiling of pretty much. And I, I'm trying to figure out, is there six of them or was it just five? What? Of villains. Uh, the- well, well, the whole time that they're up in the Happy's apartment, Lizard's down in the truck. Um, so that, he was, there he must was, be five, because it's Sandman, uh, Shocker, pretty much. Or Sandman, Electro, Dr. Octopus, and Green Goblin. And Lizard. Lizard. I thought this was going to be a Sinister Six movie, but it's five. Interesting. That's also well, well, technically it is a Sinister Six, but we'll get to that point later. Um because True. of the uh, the final uh, ending credit stuff, but uh, we'll get there. Well, if he would have, yeah, if he would have came, maybe. But te- <laughs> technically, it's it's five, which is interesting. So I guess they're saving that name for whenever they do that Sinister Sex with Vulture. But um, oh, that's it, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy, crazy stuff. Um, especially once this happens, man, that's when uh, Green Goblin does what Green Goblin does best: tells the villains like he's trying to take his, take our stuff to make himself feel better. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of the villains start to realize like, Hey, like, you know, I kind of, I kind of like being who I am. Um, you know, I don't want Peter to take whatever I got to make himself feel better, to make him, to make this all better for whatever he's doing. So that's when shocker rips off his thing. He pulls the arc reactor out of the, um, thing we were just talking about the machine, the um, fabricator, the, yeah, the fabricator puts that on himself. He's out pretty much. He's, um, cause Dr. Octopus is talking to him and trying to calm him down. He throws him out the window. I thought he was dead. I thought he was going to die. So well, a lot of people are probably going to die in this movie because they called it the end game for Spider-Man. So I figured people were going to die. He gets away. Sandman, of course, is like, I already knew this is a bad idea. He's out. Lizard's like, you know what? I'm going. Of course, good old J. Jonah Jameson shows up with the cameras because he's like, oh, I found him. I know where he's at because he had an informant telling him where they were going. So he was trying to catch incriminating evidence for Peter. Um, so he definitely got what he wanted. And man, Willem Dafoe, I completely forgot. If you guys have not watched the Tobey Maguire uh, movies, but Green Goblin is strong as crap. I completely forgot. 
So they get in a fight throughout the apartment, and he is whooping his behind. And a lot of, and what I didn't know was Willem Dafoe does his own stunts. Um, yeah, he said he was not joining the movie unless he could do his own stunts. And Willem Dafoe is pretty old; he's up in his age. But woo, that fighting scene—he was giving him the rock bottom, the the the, <laughs> the Stone Cold style. Man, he was throwing. Mike, let me, tell me what you thought about. Was that one of the best action scenes in a yeah, Spider-Man movie today? Knowing that that was a prerequisite for William Defoe is that he that he had to because I think he said it's like it's a rite of passage like mm-hmm. to, that you have to do your you have to be physical in in your role you have to mm-hmm. be there to do the do as many of the physical um, stunts as possible. I mean, yeah, he was throwing like literally throwing Peter through like multiple floors of this apartment. Jesus, building. like Jesus. as if they were made of nothing, just. Rushing Peter, um, absolutely ruining Peter's body. Obviously, Peter was wearing a suit, and he still got super, super strength. So, and when he was laughing, oh man, he, you know he's taking pride. Oh, in like he like was got like, oh. like like the Green Goblin side of Norman Osborn is literally insane and just wants to just cause Dude. pain. Um, ends up, you know. Meanwhile, uh, Aunt May grabs the finished product um, off of the fabricator. And is running down steps, trying to just get out because she knows she's no help, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, she ends up in the main lobby at just at the right moment as Green Goblin and Peter come screaming through the ceiling and crashing down. Um, you know, Peter's pinned, basically about to just get his comeuppance. Um, and, uh, you know, Aunt May comes running behind and stabs uh, Norman in the neck with the syringe. It fully goes in, but I guess something was wrong with he, it. He tampered because, it. He knew yeah, what he was doing. Because even, because uh, Green Goblin goes, didn't, I guess it didn't work, or whatever. <laughs> you know, and just continues to just wail on Peter. Uh, ends up actually, what, throwing one of his, like, uh, pumpkin bombs, t- uh, trying like towards Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Um, when Peter's uh, saying May run, and I was like, get the beep out. You can't do anything. This is not going to help anything. Right. Oh, man. And and as if we saw it coming, just behind Peter, the, uh, the, the glider comes into view. And as you know from watching Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, the glider is what killed the Green Goblin in the first place. So this was just foreshadowing immediately. And of course, right behind, uh, standing right in the way of of Peter from the glider is Aunt May, and whoo, boy, she takes a full on blast th- from the glider, which has these massive spikes out the front of it, uh, completely into the back, and just collides over. Peter tries to stop the pumpkin bomb from basically because he tosses the bomb over at Aunt May just um, before he uh, chooses to like leave. And, you know, it, Peter blocks the bomb, but still takes most of the blast. I'm sure I don't. Peter's not wearing a, fa- a, a mask. No. I'm, I don't, I'm still blown away. He, he still had a face after that explosion. Yeah. But, I, uh... but regardless. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, there's a quick there's a quick fleeting moment of hope, because as soon as the, the, the smoke clears, as, smooth, as soon as Peter realizes that, you know, he's OK, Aunt May's down and and you know uh, but Aunt May gets up as mm-hmm. if nothing's wrong and, and just runs over to him to give him a big hug and starts saying like really nice things to him like everything's gonna be okay I'm fine um, 
but gang, like this, this is where it gets. This is this is this is where Peter f- finally learns, like his gets his drive right. And all of the other films, there's always been something, one nexus moment that just gives that Spider-Man drive. You know, in Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man, it was when. He went chase. It was when uh, Uncle Ben died, and he went chasing after the guy he thought who killed him. The guy ends up toppling out of a window and dying. In uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, it's when he can't save Gwen, and, and Gwen dies. And like you said before, uh, we haven't really had like a reason to to really believe in in the Tom Holland Spider-Man because he hasn't had that like big nexus moment. But boy, howdy, here it is. Um, you know. Uh, Aunt May is just kind of saying like, oh, you know, I'm really tired. I, I just need to, uh, I'm just going to need to rest. Uh, you know, I'm okay, but I just need to rest. And, and she ends up, uh, he walks away for a few seconds and you see her kind of just collapse. He, he obviously runs over to Aunt May suddenly as if a child again, forgetting that he just saved the world with the Avengers and just looking at Aunt May, um, puts his hand behind her back to kind of, uh, help her situate and realizes that her back is just pouring out blood um you know she's she's keeps saying you know i just i just need to like i just need to rest i'll, I'll be okay I just, I'll, and again, yeah the whole audience begins to shed tears because we all, we all we all see it coming we all we, we could see the tears in 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 tom holland's face welling up as the life literally just drifts away from Aunt May fueling the rage of Spider-Man and you know giving him a reason to 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 really feel something for the first time he he escapes the scene guys I especially from uh, I'll I'll talk about myself on this part but holy crap guys this uh this was a moment, like Mike said, she was laying down. Um, she got. I personally thought she was going to be crippled. I thought that's what was going to happen because it seemed like she was slow to get up and, you know, her legs weren't really underneath her. Um, but she was shaking a lot. And I was like, oh, maybe it's just from, you know, um, the pretty much experience that she had, which I would understand. But, man, the acting in this movie was crazy. Um, so I was like, all right, well, she's kind of good. And she even said, like, oh, I just, I just got knocked on my ass, like. Blah, blah, and her and Peter just going back and forth, and Peter's just like, oh, I think I broke my ribs. Um, I don't know what happened leading up to this moment, but I think it was more or less like Peter was saying, like, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Um, this we should have just left him alone. We should have just took him back, blah, blah, blah. And that's when we get the famous line, which I'm starting yep. to question oh, if yeah, we yep. have a Uncle Ben in this universe. I don't I, think I, there was I, one. I don't think they mentioned him. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he has Uncle Ben. So we only had an Aunt May, which she even says, with great power comes great responsibility. And I said, you know what? She said it. Where Everything's good. We're all right. Aunt May, come on. Let's go. Let's, we got to go get the other people. And then that's when we see her start to crumble a little bit. She falls. And like Mike says, she was like, I, I just need to catch my breath. I'm just tired, et cetera, et cetera. My man Happy pulls up, sees everything, he, and Peter's in tears. I, I'm shedding tears myself in the theater because I said, damn, my man just can't catch a break. Um, so we, we get that scene, and of course the police uh, come on to the SWAT, come on to the scene. They see Peter. They're shooting. They shoot Peter. He just needs to leave, but it's hard for him because Aunt May is literally just right there. Her body's just right there. He can't do anything. 
Um, man, one of the saddest parts of the movie. And of course, Peter Fle- Peter flees, and who do we get again? Good old J. Jonah Jameson on the big screen in like Times Square somewhere. It's raining. One, of, I think, one of the most cinematically pleasing um, images I've seen in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Uh, he's standing there in the rain, rain's dripping. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson saying out, you know, look, I told you he's a menace. Look at all the people. Him and his spider friends are out running amok and blah, blah, blah. Peter's going through it. And wow, just that whole scene was so emotionally like touching and, and just it ripped your heart out at that point. I said, you know, I'm not going to cry. I said, I'm not going to cry. But man, when he's holding May and crying and like just trying to say like, you're going to be okay. Come on. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Like like a kid who just lost his mom somewhere in, in a Kmart parking lot. I don't know, but man, but let's uh, let's get into the third act, Mike. Come yeah. on, bring bring let's us into go. it because holy crap, it gets crazy. So after this. so like this this movie, it, it, they they did such a great job of of creating a roller coaster of emotions. Like you can literally go from from being so down or, or or worried to just being absolutely elated and excited and cheering. Um, so we it cuts from the sad scene over to Ned and MJ who are sitting, I guess, in Ned's house. Um, Ned's, I think, grandmother's there, and uh, they have the they have the uh, the cube, and MJ's like, "I'm gonna press the button." We haven't heard from him. You know, we should press the button or something, and. Uh, Ned kind of has uh, Doctor Strange's ring. The sling uh, ring, they, I think it's called. Yeah, the sling ring. Uh, he managed to take off of them before they left the Undercroft. And there was like a there was like a brief moment before all of that where like Ned's like, I think I my my family's always said that I have a lineage to people who can do magic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a little <laughs> yeah. bit of foreshadowing there. Um, and so they're sitting there, and all of a sudden he kind of like waves his hands and he's like, I wish we knew where Peter was. And we see the little sparks happen as if he's about to create a portal. And MJ's like, wait, try that again. Let's see if we can find Peter. It's like, I, he's like, like, find me, Peter Parker. And of course, a brilliant portal opens up to an alleyway somewhere in the city. And in the distance, we see Spider Man in a full outfit. Um, but as soon as they say, like, Peter, is that you? Peter, it's us. Can you hear us? Um, uh, Spider-Man then turns to the portal, looks a little questioning, but like feels that it's gonna be a safe bet. Um, walks closer to the portal, and this is where we started getting like really big yeah. vibes. Um, uh, because it just, it didn't look like Tom. The eyes, the eyes, the eyes, eyes were different. Way. The suit was a little different. The, the emblem on the chest was different. Mm-hmm. He steps in and immediately, you know takes his uh his, his his mask off because obviously they're calling him Peter Parker and who do we have but Andrew Garfield from the Amazing Spider-Man series and of course MJ's skeptical she's like who are you you're not Spider-Man and he like jumps up to the ceiling and like grabs on and holds it there's a cute moment where the, where the grandma says something i forget what uh, what uh language she speaks but i think it's um and she's then Ned's like Maybe yeah, and Ned's like, uh, or maybe some kind of Polynesian or something. Mm. But Ned's like, oh, she's asking you to go get the cobwebs <laughs> up in the corner of the room while you're up there. And he's like, I mean, I guess. And then gets on the ceiling. Uh, Spider walks across the ceiling to get the cobwebs, and she says, "Thank you." Um, it's it's a really it's a very adorable moment. Um, and they kind of yeah they kind of go through the rigmarole of of this of really realizing like okay obviously villains came through. 
there might be other Spider-Man that came through. And, you know, MJ's like, Ned, try again. Let's um, try to find Peter again. And uh, opens up another portal. This time, not a Spider-Man outfit there, but straight up, Tobey Maguire uh, is just standing there in just a basic, like, casual outfit. And he's like, oh, hey. Uh, and just, like, walks on in. Uh, there's a quick moment where, where he doesn't trust Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and they shoot webs at each other. And, and suddenly realize, like, oh, wait a minute. We're both Spider-Man just from different places. Um, and turns out, like, Peter's been actually looking for the Tom Holland Spider-Man because he, I guess, has been in the world long enough to kind of realize that there's someone else that is Spider-Man because obviously J. Jonah Jameson's face is everywhere calling him out. Mm-hmm. And there's this really beautiful moment uh, where they just kind of realize, like, that when MJ and Ned realize, oh, my God, um, our Peter has friends that they can help him. We have to get them together. And they start and they ask, like, you know, where would Peter go um, to be by himself? Um, uh, I think uh, Andrew says, oh I, oh, I go. I would go to the Empire State Building. And uh, Toby's like, oh, I'd go to the Chrysler Building. Um, they mentioned about, like, how good the views are from up there yeah. and whatnot. And uh, I don't know. It, it was such a good moment. Um, of course, the audience is just. Like, like, first of all, they rage because they see Andrew, and then they rage again because they saw Toby. And this is something that was speculated out of, like, all over the place because obviously now we kind of realize that a lot of the editing for the trailers had actually cut them out. Um, yeah. I'm telling you right now, there was no way they no were going to have all of, all of the villains. From no way. There was not, no way. And not have Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield show no. up. Yeah, guys. Uh, Talk to me, man. How'd you feel? I man, let me let me tell you because we've been having a little bit of a bet between um, us and our friends. I've been saying there's there's they have to be in it. There's no way. Our friend CJ was like, uh, I would hope they're in it, but I'm not getting my hopes up. I don't think so. I'm like, dude, you've been seeing Andrew Garfield go on these like talk shows and Toby going on these talk shows, and they've been hanging out with um uh, with my Tom Holland, and I'm like, there's no way. Uh, when and I will say this, and everyone has their gripes on who's their favorite Spider-Man, I will say, to- I've said it before, and I'll die on this rock. I don't care. Toby's the best Peter Parker, but Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man as far as his comedic punchlines and how he is. Because Peter, Peter's is just like Batman, and any of the, and you guys can agree with me. Because think about it, Batman is Batman. When he's Batman, that's his true self. So he's just brooding and everything else like that. Bruce Wayne is his alternate, you know, ego where he's a playboy flancherist. He's talking, he's having fun, etc. That's what happens to um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. He's just a shy kid, etc., etc. When he puts the suit on, he's a whole different person. He's funny, he's witty, and that's how Spider-Man is. So the punchlines, the dialogue, I I felt like I was just having such a great time just listening to him and Toby go back and forth. Like um, they, like Mike said, they had the fight. And then he's there's two webs at each other. Toby hits Andrew in the wrist to stop his webs, and he was like, "Oh, like you're good." So like that's how you kind of know he's the best one. But you know, the Empire State—they're talking about that, just going back and forth. There's little one-liners. I wish I could remember a lot of them, but there's little one-liners that Andrew said um, that had us had the whole crowd just laughing. Um, I that was the most touching scene, and it was probably the most nostalgic scene. I will definitely. 
rewatch this at some point in time because I just want to relive that experience uh, again because man that that was a good one but to to go even further with that guys now now we've got the big reveal out of the way yeah we got our guys back thank God they did it and there was yeah. they weren't pulling the wool over our eyes they did the thing they did thing and so obviously uh mj knows immediately where to find uh uh peter their peter uh he's on top of the school building where that where we saw them earlier on in the in the movie and you know he's obviously a wreck he's he's crying he's concerned you know obviously aunt may he's feeling vengeful he's angry about what just happened and this is where he meets um toby and andrew and it's just such a great moment because you know they he says to them don't don't you dare tell me that you know what i'm going through because he doesn't know and andrew of course says look i i couldn't save like my my mj which was gwen i couldn't save her and, and it's my fault you know i couldn't get there in time and of course we then hear from toby who says you know it's um i and i lost my uncle ben and you know both of us wanted to kill the people responsible and it's just some things you just can't walk back from you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they the end and uh and even it goes as far as as uh to when peter's like well i, does, I think it's peter that start, who starts it he goes um or no it was toby and he goes you know ben told me uh with great power and then tom holland finishes it comes great responsibility and they kind of have that 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 moment where it's like mm-hmm. wow we actually are very connected yeah they all serve um, each other like holy crap this is kind of like a through line to our whole storyline yeah cool. like everything makes sense um and then we get like and but then we jump into kind of like a fun mon- montage where they end up in like a lab uh somewhere i forget exactly where it would supposed to be maybe in the school i think it's maybe, a school maybe. science lab yeah yeah and uh they are working together to try to like cre- they they somehow easily effortlessly almost because they're all geniuses right mm-hmm. um kind of know exactly what they need to create these cures quote unquote vaccines if you want to use that word um to to heal all of these villains for what and the how they they know how to heal them suddenly i i can't tell anyone that i don't i don't really understand how they th- immediately know what it's going to take I think but, they knew because, because I know in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew made Andrew and Gwen. Oh, that's made, right. The, yeah, they made the serum to save him. Um, Willem Dafoe's Goblin. I think Toby knew the reverse to help save him, but I think by that time they were already fighting. Um, and then yeah. the Electro one, Peter already kind of and, P, and uh, not P, I mean, keep saying Peter, but I'm gonna try and say the actors' names. Tom Holland, yeah, was already working on these things uh, to begin with. That was like neutralizing. Yeah, so I think they were just kind of working off each other, knowing what they had to do, but they just had to finish it. Um, But yeah, Yeah, and of course they happened to have everything they needed to make it happen. Of course, Uh, yeah. Um, And then I and then they they all eventually converge on uh, deciding where the where they need to meet them all because they need to somehow trap them give them their medicine or whatever to, to make them no longer super chaotic. Um, obviously, Doc Ock, who's currently not really considered as a villain right now because he's been fixed, um, his fix, you know, held. It became something um, worthwhile. 
Uh, but yeah, they all converge on the Statue of Liberty, which well, hold on. We, is. We we got it. We got to say this. I know the people yeah. are wondering this, but once again, more dialogue between all three of them. Great dialogue. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> just funny. I tell Andrew Garfield Spider Man just carrying the humor in this movie. I will say, like, it's just his humor is just hilarious to me. But they're going back and forth. They're talking about their women. It seems like Toby's married to. Um, his MJ. his MJ, which I thought they're gonna give us like an older man Spider Man where he has kids, um, and yeah. then Andrew's kind of single, and they're all going back and forth, and then we have Ned going. Uh, do you have a, did you have a best friend in your universe or something? To Toby, and uh, Toby yeah. goes, yeah, I did, um, until he turned into like a supervillain and he tried to kill me, and then I held his lifeless body in my hands or something. <laughs> yeah, he died like, in my arms. Yeah, that was like, uh. <laughs> so he kind of conveys to uh, Tom Holland, like, I, I will never do that to you, blah, blah, blah. But then they do the meme that everyone has been doing online, where uh-huh. Ned says, Peter, and then everyone's like, huh, what? And they're all like, do you mean him? And they're all pointing at each other, um, which is the meme we've been seeing nonstop online. I got a kick out of that. I thought that was the funniest thing. Um, and definitely yeah. a nod to the fans for putting that in there. But I just had to say yeah. those things because that, no, that so was good. Impressive. But speaking speaking of Andrew, he has another like amazing like one liner coming up. So they all decide that the, the final battle, I guess, is going to happen at the Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty is, is currently holding a giant shield um, for Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, and they're obviously rebuilding it. There's a lot of um, like infrastructure and and all sorts of things built around the statue, which is kind of provides a perfect um, fighting space, more or less. Um, but there's a scene where they're like when they're done kind of setting things up and they're just kind of like talking, waiting for villains to show up. And Andrew just looks at Toby and goes, so you, so like you like make like your body makes your webs. Like, how does that, how does that work? Um, because again, like the, even the memes are like, you know, talk about all sorts of weird stuff about how Toby actually does it. He's like, cause I have to like make it cause like Andrew's like, I have to make this stuff in a lab it's really hard to do and mm-hmm. like tom's like yeah uh, we have web <laughs> shooters we have to make this stuff mm-hmm. and uh, he's like i don't really think to make it it's like i my body makes it in the same way my body breathes like mm-hmm. it's just what it does and then i think tom's like does it come out of anywhere else oh my gosh yeah Those like, guys like are... obviously you know picking the the, the low-hanging fruit um mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's like, no, 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 just just out of my wrists. It, it, it's all, it's all I got. Yeah. When I tell you the dialogue in this movie was the best, it was the best. A lot of the yeah. the banter back and forth like that, and then they're talking about the villains that they fought. And Toby's like, yeah, I fought a I fought a villain that was an alien from outer space. And then Tom goes, yeah, I fought a villain from outer space, but he was purple. Um, and I was in outer space. Yeah. It was like I was, and then he was like, wait, you were in? And then Andrew goes. I've only fought, like, uh, his village, which is, like, the lizard of an electric. It's like, I'm pretty lame. And then, of course, you get Toby going, no, I really think you're amazing, referring to the amazing Spider-Man movies. And he continuously repeats, he's like, say you're amazing. Like, say it with me now. And I was like, oh, (laughs) my gosh. But that dialogue didn't go on for too long. It didn't go on for too short. It hit the middle, which was amazing. I I I loved the little banter back and forth between the Spider-Man because that's what they do. Um, they're pretty funny guys. Holy. I, I, if I could do a whole segment on their banter and break it down, I would. Uh, but guys, right after this banter, this is where we, the, the fun begins. We get, of course, Jamie Foxx's Electro 
comes roaring down from the sky saying, hey, Peter, do you, do you like the new stuff I got? And he's all souped up. He's got more stuff in there. Of course, he has the arc reactor. Um, so he's he's ready to go juiced up. And he has the classic electro face, well, face mask, but it's not the mask. It's just the electricity around his eyes. It's the stars, which is really cool. Hinting back at the comics, which is really cool for Marvel to do. Um, I really like how they do those subtle nods towards the um, classic uh, comic book costumes. And then, of course, we get Sandman coming on up in there. We got the lizard coming out of the ocean, which was very interesting to uh, show, which was funny. Um, it was very, very, very weird. So we get all of them. And then the fight ensues. I mean, we can talk about the fighting scenes. I'll let Mike go first and talk about his fighting scenes parts, and then I'll go into mine. Um, and then we'll pretty much get to, to, to the wrap-up part of this and then get to the yeah. stuff. Yeah, we are quickly um, pushing towards the end of the end of the movie here. Uh, so, yeah, big fight happens at first, but, like, seemingly, like, nothing's going right. Um, and there's a – and, like, they're they're just kind of on top of each other. They're, they're, they're falling into each other's webs, and, and they're not really working together. And there's a quick moment where they, they have, a, like, a quick second to quickly say something to each other. And Tom's like, haven't you guys ever worked in a team before? And they're like, uh, no. And he's like, okay, don't worry about this, guys. I got this one covered. I'm a pro. I, I, I was with the Avengers. And they both look at him like, cool. Like, who's that? Because <laughs> they they didn't have that in their universe, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so he's like, all right, whatever. Just, you know, uh, you're Spider-Man 1. I'm Spider-Man 1. You're 2 and you're 3. And uh, we all need to work together and pinpoint one target at a time. Oh, um, and it's just so funny um, when they're like, "Who? Avengers? Who? Like what?" And he's like, yeah. "All right, it doesn't matter." <laughs> Not even that. The the one, two, three Spider Man. He's like, "Well, I'm one." He's like, "Why are you one?" Like I'm one. And then pretty much Tom Holland comes in and takes over and says, "Spider Man one." And Toby's like, and he points to Toby and they're like, "Spider Man two. And then they all look at Andrew and he's like, "I, I guess three. And then they start getting ready to go. <laughs> Told you, Andrew Garfield is one of my favorite. I'm sorry, people might not think he's a good Spider-Man, but after this movie, he's definitely the contender now. Come on now, he's got jokes for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they start actually like working together as uh, you know the Spider Spider trio, I guess, um, pinpointing and getting everything done. They they lock. I think the first person they they, they cure is Sandman. Mm -hmm. um, they capture him in the crown of of Statue of Liberty. And uh, meanwhile, Toby's about to be swallowed by the sand, and and just last minute they chuck in the I guess the cure for Sandman to like I guess de uh, particleize or whatever his body out mm -hmm. of the sand and and brings him back to normal. Um, and he's like, "All right, stay here. We're gonna go on uh, try to fight somebody else." Um, they eventually get to, or they're trying to take down uh, Electro oh, next, yeah. and. They can't. He's just way too powerful. He's zapping them left and right. I think Garfield gets like legitimately like yeah, fried. Like, like, yeah, nuts. Um, but this is where we get a, another surprise because Doc Ock makes a, re, a reappearance and actually like acts kind of like he's going to try to go after them real quick, but then completely turns on Electro, grabbing Electro. Uh, meanwhile, um, like, you know, saving the other two Spider Men. Mm -hmm. um, that are currently there and uses his octopus um, uh, grapple claws, yeah. claws to completely pry off the uh, uh, the arc reactor off of 
uh, Electro's chest, um, and and in so doing so, allowing the uh, I guess the cure or whatever it is that um, Tom Holland created with the fabricator to be attached directly to Electro, which basically uh, zaps him of all of his energy mm-hmm. and reduces him back to his normal self. Yep, and then of course we can't even forget the trailers. The fake trailers. You weren't fooling us, Marvel. You let one slip. Um, we get the scene where, and it's still the greatest scene, I think, is like them, right? Like what Mike said, we're, we're working together. So they jump out, they're swinging off of each other, they're showing different things. They all land on the Statue of Liberty's head. And this, if you remember, guys, and you've seen this trailer where Tom Holland's watching the trailer and you hear him say, Oh, where's the, and then he stops. That's mm-hmm. the point where the other two Spider-Men are in there. So he slipped up. So we already knew something was coming. And then they're all jumping at each other to fight. We see all three of them jumping over. Mike looks at me. I look at Mike like, come on. We knew that was coming. Come on. Yeah. Like so when, we, the, when the three villains are like converging mm-hmm. on the single Spider-Man in the trailer. Yep. Yep. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. They're all there. We see we see uh, Andrew Garfield do a flip to kick Lizard in the face. Toby swinging up at the top to get after Electro. And uh, Tom Holland's in the middle. Um, and like Mike said, we get Electro's depowered, um, him and Ant- and what's kind of cool was each Spider-Man had their moment with their villains and, and reconciling with them. Um, Andrew Garfield's talking to Jamie Foxx's character. Um, little wink and nod, but please, God, Marvel, let this happen, please. Little wink and nod about, you know, Spider-Man and um, uh, Jamie Foxx is always like, well, you were from Queens, so I thought, like, you know, you were black. And Andrew Garfield goes, oh, I'm sorry, Mace. Hey, man, there's all these Spider-Men out here. One of them's got to be black. And I was like, Jesus Christ, just give us miles for the love of God. So we get yeah. that little moment. And then, of course, um, Lizard realizing he's outside of the battle. He hears Ned and MJ in the portal because they take the box. They go through the portal. Ned's trying to close. He can't close it. He goes through there. We get another subtle nod to Andrew Garfield's um, Spider-Man where Lizard comes into the lab. Uh, Andrew Garfield, not Andrew Garfield. Um, Tom Holland's right behind him. He's fighting him in the lab, just like how we got before when Stan Lee was in the uh, library and the Lizard and him were fighting. And it was a little cinematic thing in the background, which is really cool. We got that. They come through. So we start getting them fighting. Now, this is another big, pivotal moment. Once we figure out what's going on with that, they cure the lizard. The lizard's good. He's done. And then who comes? Wait, am I missing something, Mike? Please well, jump in. Just, if I'm missing just before they, just before they end up curing lizard, um, or it's like almost exactly when they're curing lizard. Um, Strange finally makes his return. Oh yes, yes. Um, because I think they're trying to create another portal, and he ends up coming through the portal. And in that moment, they're like, Peter's plan is working. Um, mm. Look! Look! They're saving everybody, and he happens to look down, and, and at that moment when Lizard's getting cured and, and turning back, and he's like, "Huh? He, mm. he actually is doing it. He's he's you know he's he's making it work, uh, but he's still very hell bent on um, pressing the button to send everybody back." Mm. Um, yeah, and he, uh, he almost does. Yeah, and he realizes um, Ned as like a magical person because he's like, "How did you did you open a portal?" And it was like, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then he kind of like cool. walks away. Yeah. And then we get the point. Who's coming in? Good old Green Goblin. And I think yeah. this is the most comic book accurate suit I've seen of Green Goblin because he had the hood, the goggles, yeah. everything else kind of like that. Still the same old suit. Of course, he has his goblin rangs, I guess they're called, or pumpkin rangs where he flings at him. Starts to hit the Statue of Liberty. Bang, everything's falling. 
Who do we see fall? MJ's plummeting down. Of course, Tom Holland sees it, jumps, and I said, ooh, I think he's going to get him. Their fingertips are right there. They're touching. Green Goblin swipes him with his glider. Completely pulls him off the playing board. Crazy. And I said, oh, no. MJ's going to die. But camera pans straight to Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's pretty much giving the look like, not again. It's not happening again. Instead of catching her with his webs, he catches her with his arms, um, which was the mistake he made when he tried to catch Gwen because she smacked her head on the concrete because there was a little extra give on the web. And he catches her. They get on the ground. He asks if you're okay. She says yes. He starts crying a little bit. She says, are you okay? Which was funny. I had to shed a little bit of a tear because he finally redeemed himself because he hasn't forgave himself for that moment. Um, Mike, let me know wh- how you were feeling during that moment. Did you think Andrew was coming? Did you think it was going to yeah. be Toby? Um, no, I like. I think if if we if anyone goes back and listens to uh, uh, when we did the trailer mm-hmm. reviews, yep. I called out that I thought that Andrew was definitely going to be in the film, mm-hmm. and that um, you know because he never saved Gwen, when we saw in the trailer that MJ was falling. Um, even though we see Tom try going after him, we don't see the Green Goblin took him out. Took him out. Um, I was like, "This is it. This is the redemption." That if there is a uh, an Andrew Garfield in this movie, you bet your bottom that he's gonna he's gonna be the mm. one that actually saves her to try to redeem the the trauma that kind of he brings back into the into this film when they first meet on top of the school building, mm. and he's talking about you know I couldn't save this person that that I could have saved. It's my fault kind of thing so i already had this like preconceived notion that 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 and once he said that back then it just confirmed the theory i had that he would be the one to save him so yeah of course he saves her it's a very touching moment um and what's even better is i thought um so something i got wrong when i was speculating was that ned was gonna fall and he was gonna die but thanks to uh dr strange's lucky or or magical uh, cape yeah. uh, the cloak comes down and saves him um, and just lets him float down mm-hmm. and he's like thanks Ca- thanks Mr. Cape or, or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. kind of funny um, and th- this is kind of where the final moments of this fight culminate because now it's just Peter and Green Goblin that land on the upturned shield of Captain America's from that was currently previously up on the top of the like this is massive, it's huge, um, of the Statue of Liberty, and they're mm-hmm. just wailing on each other. Uh, Green Goblin <sighs> honestly seems like he's got like an upper upper leg on it. Um, he pulls out a big knife, and you and you see it, but he does. Uh, he starts swiping at Peter. Peter's using his webs and really just crushing the crap Yo, out of him. He hit, and the one interesting fact was I think Tom Holland said he used a fighting move from the Spider-Man game from PS5 that he wanted to incorporate in the movie. Um, I think it was the first fighting move. I can't remember what it flipped. I think it was a flip into a kick of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, it might have been the one where he was behind him and Peter picks him up and pretty much does a freaking WWE move and slams him on the back of his neck pretty much. But I thought that yeah. was also pretty cool. I need a PS5. If anybody wants to donate, <clears throat> me and Mike, you know. But. Yeah. And, you know, it's it gets to the point where you're starting to see that rage that all of the other two, the other two Spider-Man have felt in their movies, where where they were basically losing control and they were going to do something regrettable, and you know, it's Tom's already been like wailing on Norman's face, just just kicking the crap out of this old man, 
um, that's still like cackling in front of him and basically like egging him on to do more damage. Like, and uh, finally he hits him so hard um, that he kind of gives up and he picks up the glider, which obviously has the spikes on it that he, that, you know, we all know now that was, that was the glider that killed Norman as the glider that killed Aunt May. Um, and so he picks it up as if to just completely wreck Norman. And right at the moment that it's going to happen, who is it? But Toby steps in between and holds it up and, and just kind of just doesn't say really anything. Just kind of looks at him like, you know, you don't want to do this. Like, don't be this guy. Don't, be don't become what I was like don't don't need this vengeance because it's not going to make you feel better and essentially just by looking at him and by giving him just honest um you know rec- recognition of, of what he's going through uh Tom you know throws it aside but not before of course you know kind of in a very Chekhov's gun uh scenario because mm-hmm. we already saw the blade on Green Goblin's arm uh Toby gets the blades right right through him uh, or at least, you know, stabbed into his back, um, fall kind of falls over, uh, but not before Andrew manages to get the cure for Norman, chucks it directly at uh, Peter. Peter grabs it and slams it into Norman's neck. Now, this time, this stuff actually works, and mm-hmm. Norman is completely dissolved of Green Goblin and just kind of falls there and kind of just has that kind of childish face like, what happened? What's going on? Like, uh, what did I do? What have I done? Kind of situation looking over at Toby on the floor um, after being stabbed. Uh, yeah, it wow. was. That, yeah, that was a touching moment. I just and, and this is what I mean by the acting in this movie was so good that um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man didn't have to say anything to us or to um, um, Tom Holland because he just gave him to look like, come on, man. And, and uh, Tom kind of pushes it even harder on him to be like, move. And he gives him the look still like, come on, man. You know you don't want to do this. Just put it down. And we all got that conveying look. And we knew that's what was going to happen. And we, we felt it coming towards um, what, what was going to come to the culminating end of probably him getting stabbed, which we all kind of saw that coming. It's classic movie trope. Um, never stand in front of the bad guy and not realize that you know he's still alive behind you. Um, and like uh, Mike said, he gets stabbed. I, I thought he was dead. I said, well, they got to kill somebody. Uh, they already killed Aunt May at this point. Ned didn't die, so Toby's got to go. Uh, but he's laying on the ground, which, to be honest, Spider-Man does take quite a, quite a beating in his life, so I can understand that he could survive that. Um, but <laughs> Andrew pretty much comes to him. He's like, are you good? He's like, yeah, I've been stabbed more than once. So he's like, oh, okay, good, good, good. Um, yeah. So they have a little bit of moment in that, but... Yeah. And like, and like, just during this whole thing, right? Like, right when uh, we forgot to mention this, but right when Green Goblin shows up, he throws one of his like pumpkin bombs, and it lands inside of the box that's oh, holding yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the the broken spell, and it causes the spell to explode. And during this time, this fighting down the shield, the sky is just like shattering. It is opening up. Um, the universe is breaking. Which I and, I was gonna say, Mike. I, I got a definitive answer for the questions you had for me because Mike was asking me questions outside of the movie. All those people we saw in those cracks were Spider-Man villains. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, because so, like because like a uh, strange said at the beginning, everyone who's coming are people who know Peter Parker. Um, 
and a lot of those villains did know who Peter Parker was because in a lot of those fights, Peter ends up losing mm-hmm. his mask at some point, mm-hmm. um, or yeah. they know they know him through some other way. So yeah, like the whole mm-hmm. sky is shattering. You're starting to see silhouettes of some other villains. You specifically see the silhouette of the Rhino um, that Andrew yeah. actually speaks about uh, yeah. as one of the as one of like the more epic uh, villains that he had to fight against. I do have I do have a note of some of them. There was a Scorpion. There was Craven the Hunter. There was Rhino. I think there was. Um, I, f- I just said his name is. I think it's uh, it's shot not it's Shocker. Shocker. Um, he was in there. Um, and then there was a couple of other ones. I just I was listening to a podcast about some of it, but when I was on my way home, um, of course I'm going to do a deeper dive into this to figure out who. But a lot of like notable villains that uh, were kind of cool. It was specifically the Rhino. That has like the onesie rhino suit. It wasn't the mechanical uh-huh. rhino, so that kind of tells you like where that could go to in a different universe, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was whew, that gave me chills because I said, "Yo, are they actually gonna? Cause are they actually gonna mend these universes where a lot of these Spider-Man villains are gonna happen? Because all these guys do exist in one universe. If you've watched the cartoon, they all exist either in different points of times. But he has a lot of villains, so that was that was kind of cool." Yeah, and so like once they've neutralized the villains at this point, um, you know Peter climbs back to the top of the Statue of Liberty where Strange is still trying to like figure out what to what the hell to, he can do to fix everything, um, trying to hold it all together. He's like shouting, "They're coming through! More coming!" kind of thing, and Peter just finally just has that that realization that he really just needs to cut the deal that he never really wanted to cut in the first place. And that is to sacrifice his love of, with MJ, his friendship with Ned, his, all of all of the people that he cares about, even Doctor Strange, um, and the Avengers and everybody that he's ever known to know him as Peter. He's like, I'm willing to just let everybody forget. It's the only way. There's no other way we can think of. We can we can fix this. Mm. And it's it's a it's a crushing moment, but it's that it's that redemption moment that like. I think Toby really wanted uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker to have. Um, and, you know, even Strange is like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I won't even remember you. And Peter convinces them, no, no, this is this has to happen. Like, this is the way it, the way it is meant to be. We have probably the most touching um, on screen kiss between um, MJ and and Peter Parker, uh, Zendaya, Tom Holland, which is funny because they're actually like a thing now. They're actually mm-hmm. like a, they're actually a couple. Mm-hmm. So you so there's actually some like it wasn't just like scripted passion. Like it was probably like real budding or 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 active passion that they were able to share together. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know, and she says um, she says I love you, and he's about to say it, and she's like, no, 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 tell me when you come find me, right? Because he's like, I promise I'll find you. I promise. Um, you know, I'll I'll uh, make this all right. And, he, and Ned's crying, and he's like, and they do like a quick fist bump uh, that they do because they've been friends for so long. And you know, he has he gets he gets one last look at him, and 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 flies away. Yeah, that was uh, that was a hard moment to watch because for any of you guys who and they've taken hints from the other movies, and for any of you guys who've watched the Toby and Andrew uh, Garfield movies. Um, at this point, you know, Peter's about to just kind of not try because uh, Toby, when he was Spider-Man, he 
decided to not have MJ and MJ went with Harry because he said anyone I have close with me ends up getting hurt or dies or gives in some sort of trouble. Same thing with uh, Andrew Garfield. He told Gwen no. He promised her dad that she shouldn't be in this type of lifestyle because it's going to put her through a lot of turmoil and damage and everything else like that. So right when I saw that, I said, darn. Which it might have been also more real feelings for um, Tom Holland and Zendaya because I, in these next couple movies, which if you didn't know, Tom Holland signed up for three more movies. I think they're going to change the love interest for him. I don't think it's going to be Zendaya. Um, I think it might be like a Gwen. It could be a Gwen. Yeah. Or or the uh the, I forget the girl's name, but um Black Cat, I forget her actual yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Peter has a relationship with her in the comics, um, or someone from the Young Avengers. Um, but well, I'll get into more of that too once we get into this next act as far as what happens after this. Yeah, so we're like now climbing to the resolution. Um, you know, Peter promised, right? He promised to Ned and uh, MJ that he would come find them because he would be the, he would be the only one that would remember anything that they had. But they will. But the 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 sacrifice that he made was strange. Was that no one would remember Peter Parker, ever. He just he was not going to exist to anyone's life. So that means all of the years of friendship he has with Ned, anything he, any kind of love interest he had with MJ, even his friendship with Happy. We find out that none of it exists. No yeah. one knows. Everyone knows Spider Man. Yeah. And we even see. Uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson uh, completely changed his tune and still kind of like is calling him a menace but he's like he's out there you know doing his thing and uh, he's like he's a coward for not showing his face or whatever right mm-hmm. um, but yeah we have this scene where Peter goes to the coffee shop uh, donut coffee shop that uh, MJ works at obviously it's like the hangout spot um, he's like he has like a script that he's been like trying to write to just to try to say the right thing and he walks in uh, sees sees MJ, um, and and he's like, "Hi, uh, I'm I'm Peter Parker," and she's like, "Okay," you know, obviously <laughs> has no idea who he is. And then as soon as he that says that, Ned walks in, um, again doesn't know who Peter is, sits down, and she starts talking to to MJ as if they've just been friends forever, talking about what what they're gonna do going to college, and she's like, "Can I help you?" to Peter. And Peter's just like enamored because obviously he still loves her. He still has feelings. Um, he ends up asking for a coffee or something just to try to break the awkwardness. And you can tell that like there's almost a moment where like she like wants to remember. Like there's something that sparks there between the two of them when he's just kind of fumbling over like handing her money for the coffee and he asks he sees that she's got a band-aid on her forehead because obviously she was she was at the statue of liberty regardless that she forgot that she was there and so she still has the, the like the 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 scratch or whatever on, on her forehead and he's got a band-aid he goes does that hurt or something and uh she goes oh no not not not, not really anymore or something like that um and you just see that moment in that we kind of we've seen in the other Spider-Man exactly like you said when they realize that wow I anyone I come in contact with is in danger mm-hmm. uh, if if they discover that they are connected to me um, and he just grace graciously decides to take his leave yeah um, that was uh, heart crushing rough but, rough scene yeah yeah I mean. 
you hate to see it, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. He's like, I would rather them just be happy than ever get tangled up in what I have to do again. Um, because once some once one person knows, it's just it seems to get out of hand for for any of the Spider Men um, doing anything like that. And of course, we see him uh, end up in a kind of rundown small apartment, uh, single like uh, like uh, like a Tobey uh, Maguire apartment, if you will. Yeah, kind of almost an exact copy of the Tobey Maguire apartment when he was living across the uh, the hall from the landlord that who had a daughter who was making cookies. I half expected there to be a girl making cookies across the room. I thought it was, was going to be the same landlord. I don't know if he's still I, living, but I thought it was going to be the same. Guy. I I thought that yeah, that would have been a really great um like continuity type uh weird event um because the other thing that's kind of weird that they that no one's really talks about is like that J. Jonah Jameson's isn't he in all the movies? Like he's he was, he's he not was in Andrew Tobe. Garfield's. Oh, okay, you're right. But he was Tobey Maguire's um, mm. J. Jonah, and he's also Tom Holland's J. Jonah. Although that I don't believe is the same person because um, no, kind of, yeah. Like I think yeah. it, it's uh, they're, they're definitely variants of of the same person yeah. just played by the same actor. Um, he was going to be an Andrews, but I think since we didn't get that because he, he he applied for a job at the Daily Bugle in right. the second one. And I think they were going to try and do something like that in the third one, but since whatever happened between Andrew and the studio, it didn't happen. So, which is kind of funny that Andrew was dating um, Gwen in real life, and that yeah, and then now it's kind of funny how that works in these Spider-Man movies. But yeah, so I mean, that's it. Like, and then we see the last bit of Spider-Man. We see um, he's he's made himself a new like shiny suit, um, classic. Like that's not so happy. it has no has no tech in it or anything no. like that it's just a straight up like yes. spandex suit and it's christmas time in yes. new york city and he's just swinging across uh rockefeller center where where the ice rink is and just the, there's snow coming down man and it's just a very beautiful way to close it down he's, he's looking at it like a police scanner trying to find some someone to help yeah uh... and uh I just wanted to say one thing as far as like this, where I, I'll bring it back to what I said in the beginning. Um, I, I felt like this, and a lot of people have said this, I felt like this Spider-Man and why I'm like not a, I wasn't a big fan of the Tom Holland Spider-Man is because you felt like this Tom Holland Spider-Man had a lot handed to him and he was like the rich kid Spider-Man. Um, even though they tried to portray him as poor, he got all the Tony Stark suits. He's got all the t- Stark tech. He's got everything. And Spider-Man's supposed to be a grounded character who, you know, he's 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 at the bottom and he struggles to keep continue to be Spider-Man because of these situations. But he has a driving force that makes him do it, which they literally laid all of that out in this movie, which applauds, applause, applause to Marvel for doing this um, and then bringing him back to giving him everything and then giving him nothing at the end. Um, he's not in the Avengers. The Avengers don't know about him. So he's kind of in his own world now again, which is kind of cool, um, which he can still cross over with those guys here and there, um, which we have the last episode of Hawkeye next week. And I don't know if this coincides with that, but Hawkeye's around Christmas time and also on the billboards, they show the same play that Hawkeye went to go see in New York City. Um, so I doubt Spider-Man will show up, but who knows? Um, Marvel's crazy. But I'm, I'm really glad they fully fleshed out this Tom Holland Spider-Man and gave him his own thing. Um, I'm yes. very glad to see this. I'm excited to see the new trilogy now. And that suit looks, woo! If there's a pop yeah. or a Marvel series action figure out, I'm buying it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, because it's kind of shiny, kind of metallic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but obviously it's a Marvel movie, folks. So there's gonna be after credits, um, <sighs> secret stuff that happens. Um, there are two, uh, but one of them specifically, it comes in sh- uh, pretty quickly after the first line of credits, and we see uh, Tom Hardy sitting at some kind of like tiki bar somewhere, uh, Mexico, they say. like. Yeah, I forget exactly where it was, but um, yeah, I somewhere. Can't think it's Mexico because I think it was. Yeah, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, it felt like Mexico, and and uh, he's like he's asking the the guy at the at the bar, and he's like, "So this is like a world that there's like tons of superheroes or something, um, and apparently you know the place to be is New York, um, and you can meanwhile hear Venom." Um, yeah. like inside of him kind of also commentating on what he's saying um, and this takes place I guess exactly when um, the sacrifice was made with uh, Doctor Strange when all of the villains end up disappearing and going back to their world so I know you mentioned you know they, they, you were wondering if they'd do a Sinister Six and he technically would be the sixth villain that they showed in this movie um, although it was very short lived um, a quick cameo kind of thing and but what but the thing that was weird that a lot of people even in the theater were like wait wait a minute why did that happen is right when venom gets warped back to wherever he's from mm-hmm. um not only is the bartender like wait he didn't pay his tab or something but then it zooms in on the countertop and there's like a little puddle of that venom black slime that's ob- that's that's like you know little feelers come out as if it's still you know the symbiote or whatever it's like still a living alien thing and like it's foreshadowing because before it even before that happens he mentions you know new york so the symbiote knows that new york is the place to be so maybe we're gonna get a new venom because venom can be anyone who, who just happens to get the 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 gook on them right um so even though tom hardy venom is now back in his world I mean, typically, uh, traditionally, right? It's going to be Flash, Flash Gordon, right? That becomes. Um, it's either no. The first one is Eddie Brock. Oh, you're right, Eddie Brock. Which we don't have, but we do have a Flash. So who knows? It could right, be. So we do. We do have a Flash that's now at MIT, um, and so he so badly wanted to be uh, uh, Tom Holland's friend, right? He wanted to be known as Spider-Man's friend. And so maybe that's motive that maybe the slime finds him um, and he becomes the villain in or at least a villain in the new trilogy or something like that. Um, yeah. That piece. I'm still annoyed that the, that little piece didn't get sucked back in with the rest of Tom Hardy or even where it came from because Tom wasn't. It just like the ooze. It seemed like an afterthought that they didn't think through. No, it's just it's just a cop out. I think that. uh Kevin Feige did because it's like we can't have Venom because you guys have the license so like maybe this is how we have Venom like you guys give us a piece of him but the thing is when Venom splits off it becomes his children so yeah that's true. now now we're kind of getting into continuity stuff that's how we get Toxin that's how we get Carnage that's how we get um I think it's Rampage or something like that um which they teased in the end of uh, parts of the Venom movie but it's kind of like my, my thing is this, like, where the heck are we going, guys? Like, I'm so confused right now. Um, we won't harp on this too long. We, we, we yeah. play, we, we're happy we stick with you guys, but I will say my two cents, then Mike can hop in with his. But 
where are we going? Like, all right, so yeah. if we get another Venom, that's kind of weird and strange. It's now it's, we I get their separate universes, but we did have the Morbius trailer, and it seems like and Morbius says in the movie like what happened in San Francisco is kind of weird. Blah blah. We see, um, what's his name? We see uh, uh, Vulture, Vulture, and he's talking about it. Vulture's in it. Vulture's a part of the MCU. We see an Oscorp building. It looks like Andrew Garfield's thing, but at the well, end of this Vul- movie. Vulture was uh, Andrew Garfield, right? Like no, that was no, uh, to- 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 no uh, Tom Holland. That Vulture was Tom Holland. He was. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So now it's kind of like, where are we going here? Are we are we mending these universes, or maybe at the end of this movie they mended and we just didn't talk about it, or because yeah. now you sent everyone home and Strange is doing his own thing and we won't see Multiverse of Madness until next year, maybe October, I think. Yeah. November, um, and Morbius comes out January, so I'm just very confused on where this storyline's going as far as this one. Um, I don't know if this whole Sony partnership is making it more confusing, but what the F is going on is all I gotta say. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my speculation is I think they are gonna bring in a Miles Morales character. Um, I think I a, at least a portion of the next trilogy will be Tom Holland kind of mentoring a uh, Miles Morales. Um, I, I don't understand how they're going to justify Miles getting spider powers. Um, that's that's something that I'm, I'm very uncertain about. I know. Um, how, just, well, I mean, I know how he got it in, in, into the Spideyverse, uh, but I know that's not, I don't think that's canon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, um, regardless whether I know or not or whether listeners you know or not doesn't matter to me currently but like i know that miles morales is a spider-man and he does exist in the same world as others the other spider the other main spider-man um he's kind of like a fan or something from from the get-go um and uh just you know obviously gets his powers however and um so i think that's gonna be at least maybe an option as to where it's going um i was really hoping we'd get a miles morales in this a spider-man movie but mm. you know at least jamie fox kind of like set, opened the it. door for it yeah um and then of course the final teaser which had nothing to do with spider-man but had everything to do with dr strange and um and wanda from uh wandavision uh basically th- we're gonna get a new dr strange movie that's gonna be him kind of like atoning for messing with the universe the timelines and everything like that so and that's where the the uh, multiverse of madness is gonna is gonna come into play at least for Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, but but that's it, gang. Like yeah. that. We're like, uh, thank you for being here. We're sorry for spoiling it, but sorry, not sorry that you decided to stay past our disclaimer. Uh, we did warn you twice. Um, but you if saw you it. saw it, if you've made it this far and you want to go see the film, uh, send us a tweet at Pod Humble. Um, let us know what you think. Do you agree that this movie was an absolute smash hit? Was this Spider-Man's Endgame? Was this the best Spider-Man movie ever? Um, are you okay with the fact that this was mostly fan service? Because you kind of had to see uh, at least this could have been your first Tom Holland Spider-Man if you've if uh, as as long as you'd seen the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Mans in the past, mm-hmm. because. Like like we said, this kind this movie kind of set up the groundwork to give Tom Holland Spider Man like meaning as Spider Man. Um, so yeah, let us know what you thought. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. 
Um, as always, um, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Um, but be sure to leave the hashtag in that rating of Humble Threads B-Sides. That way we know which episode or type of episode you're referring to. And of course, consider sharing it with a friend. It really helps the podcast reach new listeners. Um, but my name is Michael Hart. You can find me everywhere at Kingpin Caribou, MikeHart.yoyo, um, you know, and, and all, nearly all of the socials you can find me. Uh, David, let the good people know where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me, uh, David Graves, on a lot of different things, um, and King Graves Gaming on a lot of stuff. Um, and like Mike said, we have everything on here. We have Humble Threads podcast on Anchor and YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we will be making a lot more content. Who knows? Maybe I'll start hopping in and doing some comic book content to fill you guys in a little bit more on uh, you know, stuff that's happening in the future. But that's where you can find me, guys. Happy you're here. And as always, everybody, stay humble. Stay humble.